0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, series 8, episode 10, which means this week's episode is the last episode of this series. I can't quite believe how fast it's gone, actually. Um, but thank you all for joining so much this series. I really, really appreciate it. I know I, I know it's been a little bit different. I know I've had fewer guests on and it's been more of my ramblings, but I hope you've still found it really helpful and actually the amount of messages I've had saying um, how helpful it is to hear from other mums, how we've kind of been doing it on Instagram and sharing advice on particular questions has been so helpful. So I really hope you're one of those listening who's found it really, really helpful. I certainly have. And especially this episode, we're going to be talking loads, again, so many different topics. Um, So do read the show notes. If you uh, want to skip past certain bits, I'll try and put the topics that we talk about in order. Um, So you can always use that brilliant 15 second plus button and just skip through any topics that don't apply to you. Uh, so this morning, I'm going to chat about what we've been up to, um, and then I am going to talk about pregnancy, because I know last week, I well, I did forget to mention the sex um, of the little one, but I know I also slipped it in there completely by accident. I was meaning to share it with you so it's not it's not a problem. It's not like I didn't mean to share it with you. Um and some of you picked up on it and some of you haven't and still can't find it. Um so I will talk about all of that um today. So if if obviously pregnancy chat triggers you, which I completely understand if it does, um I will pop in the show notes where you need to skip to. And I'll also tell you in a minute when you should stop listening if it's a trigger for you. Um I really hope you're all well. I just wanted to take this opportunity as well to say a huge thank you to some of your recent reviews. Well, all of your recent reviews. I had a look through the reviews. I was just writing a little proposal the other day and the reviews are just amazing. And I so appreciate, I so appreciate the time it takes to write a review and that, you know, your time that you're taking to do it and your words. And it means everything. It really does mean a lot. Some Sometimes when I'm doing this, it can be a bit lonely and, you know, it's not sponsored at the moment and it's just, you know, it's a real passion project of mine and I love connecting with all of you. So reading your reviews and having your feedback just means the world. So I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, if you've been meaning to leave one, then I I would so appreciate it. If you would, it would be lovely. It helps um, other mums find it as well, which is really good. So hopefully they'll feel supported too. And hello to all of you new listeners. I forget to say that every week. (laughs) So if you're listening for the first time today, hello, hello. Make sure you have a scroll scroll through. This is the end of the eighth episode. There are so many episodes. I think there's... Well over 100 episodes now um, of Mum Talk, and we have had some incredible guests on um, talking a huge variety of topics. There will be something, um, there will be the answer probably to your question within the series. (laughs) So it's not like the eight series has been spanned over five years, it's been the last um, couple of years. Well, three years, I guess, two and a half, three years. Um, So it's all very, very relevant stuff. So what have we been up to um, this last couple of weeks? Well, right now, Amandine has gone to Forest School to their toddler group with Hendrik, which is lovely. Um, It gives me a little bit of time to, you know, do the jobs, sort the laundry um, and also record the podcast. I didn't want to do it yesterday because I felt exhausted. And also we have been trying to take um, some real family time to do lots of Christmassy stuff and get in the Christmas mood. So it's been lovely to focus on that. Um, Hendrik is still very much not working. So we're just trying to make the most of this time of year and do lots of things. So we have um, been doing loads of Christmas activities We did our... I think we have come, if you listened to last week, I think we have come to a conclusion or a um, compromise with the whole Father Christmas thing. I will come back to that in a second. Um, But we started off doing the St. Nikolaus tradition, um, which is putting the shoe outside with your Father Christmas letter, very much a German um, and French tradition. So... We did that on the night of the 5th, Amandine and I and Hendrik, we all wrote our Christmas letters on the 5th and then put them in our slippers and then we put little, a few little gifts, uh, I bought her the snowman and the snow dog book, um, we got her this kind of little reindeer bracelet thing, some Christmas pyjamas and an advent calendar and a little chocolate. And we put all of that outside of her bedroom door and she was so excited. She was mega excited, which was really lovely to see. Um and then <laughs> well, we also gave Hendrik and I gave each other gifts. We just got a book. I I wanted a book and Hendrik also wanted a book. So um but obviously that was all very much from St. Nicolaus. So that comes on the sixth, and then also on the sixth, the morning of the sixth, the advent calendar d- downstairs, which I made. Um is stocked, socked up. So for the first kind of six days, there's not really much going on. In the advent calendar, there was kind of just some things that we'd done already and um, a couple of little gifts that she had to open. I mean, we're talking like teeny tiny gifts. And the <laughs> between Hendrik and Amaldine, I gave them, I think over the 24 days before Christmas, there's five gifts each. Um, And Hendrix are just ridiculous ones. Like, he remembered as a kid... Oh, I think I talked about it last week. You know, those things that you throw... Those little men that you throw on the window and then they kind of walk down the window. So the closest thing I could find to that was... (laughs) This is really gross, but it's basically this... It's called Snot. (laughs) And it's this really... Sticky, rubbery, yellow, greeny stuff that looks like snot essentially, and you throw it at the window and then it basically crawls down and rolls down the window. Amaldine absolutely loves it. Hendrik was a bit like, What is this? I said, like, It's the closest thing I could find to the thing you were talking about last week. <laughs> um, so it's those kind of ridiculously silly things. We've also been baking gingerbread men and we baked um, Grommy's, Amaldine's grandma's. Christmas cookie recipe. We went to our local kind of Christmas tree farm place and they have some reindeer. So we went there and we, um, literally five minutes from our house, we're very, very lucky and we fed the real reindeer. Um, We then also went to a garden centre and found some singing reindeer, which actually was a bit of a letdown because our local garden centre has amazing singing penguins but they decided to take them away for the second lockdown and they're not bringing them back and Amandine was gutted so she kept asking to go and see the singing penguins so we went and found the singing reindeer instead um we also are going to the Pennywell Farm Nativity this weekend which I'm really looking forward to I mean I'm a little bit conscious about it because obviously there'll be quite a few people but it's booking and I'm hopeful that they're being really sensible with COVID rules and everything so we shall see Um, and I'm just going to wear my mask all the time maybe even double up a mask I don't know if that helps we'll see and just make sure I'm washing my hands loads and we're going to go first thing in the morning so hopefully that will also be a good time to go. Um, So yeah, we've been doing loads. And okay, so decided on our Christmas tradition. So if you remember, Hendrick and I were a bit at loggerheads about how we were going to do the whole Father Christmas thing, because he wanted, in summary, to have every single present under any tree to be from Santa. Sorry, if your kids are listening, maybe just skip ahead a minute. (laughs) Um, But... I didn't really agree with that because I still want, um, to be grateful and would like her to be thankful. Um, and I just don't really agree with every present under the tree being from Santa. So that's our tree, that's grandma's tree, basically every tree. So my sister came up with, well, actually her boyfriend came up with a great idea. Her boyfriend's Bulgarian and they have a Christmas tradition where, which is, it seems to be a European thing, I guess. Um, where yes, all presents are under the tree are from Santa. But when you write your Christmas list, you also request things from Santa or ask Santa um, or tell Santa that say, Amaldine would really like A. So when you're writing your list, not only do you write what you would like, you ask Santa for things that other people would like as well. So say when Amaldine is opening her doll's house from grandma, my mum, my mum can say, oh, I asked Santa to get that for you. So then there's still someone to be thankful for. Um... And it's not just thanking Father Christmas, it's kind of saying, oh, thank you so much, Grandma, for asking Father Christmas. So I thought that was a really good compromise. And Hendrik seems to be on board with it for the moment. In our Christmas letters, our Father Christmas letters, we were very much writing, um, please would you get, or please would you send Hendrik a new pair of shoes? Please would you send... Maman, I really like I like Maman to have a jumper because she's always cold all the time, that kind of thing. So hopefully <laughs> that's going <gotta> to work. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And then I also feel that lessens the blow when she knows that Santa um, perhaps is more magical than real life. She may then be, you know, a little bit less upset about it because she still knows that, um, Well, Grandma doesn't ask Santa anymore, but Grandma does it herself kind of thing. So we'll see how it goes. But I hope you're all, I know there were loads of you in exactly the same boat as me, so I hope you have managed to find a compromise or are getting there, or maybe that helps. But if you want to Google it, apparently it's a Bulgarian tradition, um, and that's what they do. So, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to move on to talk about pregnancy. Um, So if you want to stop listening now and skip ahead, then please, please do so um I I really wanted to say this on here because I'm str- I'm struggling a little bit sharing so much of this pregnancy because now we did have such a hard time conceiving and you know we were conceiving for a year which felt like an eternity um and I know you know I know a lot of you and a lot of other women c- find it incredibly hard to conceive second time around you know first time around um it's it's not often talked about but with this pregnancy I'm very aware that there are a lot of you who are trying to conceive um, and it's taking a lot longer than you wished for Um, and some of you may need to be having treatment and it's a really really difficult time and for someone else to talk about their pregnancy or to suddenly announce on say Instagram that they're pregnant it can be really really tough but then on the other hand um, there are a lot of mums, you know, who are pregnant and want to be shared and want it to be shared and want to talk about it. And second time round, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more prepared and I can share a little bit more um, about it this time around. So I just want you to know that it's really playing on my mind which is why I haven't shared anything really about it on Instagram a huge amount on my personal account uh, or my more personal account or mum talk account because just finding it a tricky place um, to put it really because I don't I really don't want to upset anybody and I really I, I know exactly how it felt when we were trying to conceive and My friend put up a a pregnancy picture and then another friend put up a pregnancy picture and another one and another one and it just gets more and more gutting every single time and it's a horrible feeling a really horrible feeling but then also there's so much joy there is so much joy and I don't want to you know this will be that this will I'm sure be the last time that we get pregnant and I go through pregnancy and I want to enjoy it and I want to feel joyful and um, I want to embrace it and even though I'm heartbroken for, you know, every woman who's going through difficulties trying to conceive, because it really is heartbreaking. I also want to enjoy my, probably what's going to be my last pregnancy. And yeah, so that's where I'm at with it, which is why I'm being very conscious on the podcast to make sure that, or or try my best to make sure that it's not a trigger for anybody. um, Because I know this podcast covers all topics. Um, And I would never want anyone to listen and and feel really, really triggered by it. Okay, so this week, um, I have been feeling so much better. (laughs) So much better. Yay. So I'm 17 weeks pregnant today. Um, my 20 week scan is booked in, in the middle of Christmas and new year, which actually is really nice because it means that I can go into the new year having had the scan, which I think will be really good for my mental health because I am feeling so much more anxious about this pregnancy. I absolutely detest this stage between, I don't really remember it with Amandine. I don't remember a huge amount with Amandine actually, but I absolutely detest this stage between the kind of 12, that or you know 13 weeks after you've had your 12 week scan up until the 20 week scan or or up until probably 18 weeks because I'm not feeling any kicks yet and I, in, in my head I'm just like is is it is everything still okay is everything you know is the baby still there is it, is 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 it still moving you know and and it just I don't know I'm having a lot more anxiety especially sleeping I wake up I know it doesn't matter a huge amount right now because it's still only 17 weeks but we're coming up to the point where I shouldn't really be sleeping on my back but I wake up on my back a lot when I'm pregnant not so much when I'm not pregnant so I don't know really what it is but with Amandine this happened too I would wake up on my back loads Um, and it's really stressing me out and I'm trying to go onto my side but I just can't get comfortable and then every time I roll over it's really uncomfortable on my stomach um I don't know why I think there's just more twinges and it's just more uncomfortable in my tummy but every time I feel the uncomfortableness I'm like oh god did I did is something wrong or and then when Amandine obviously launches herself at me we haven't told her yet so she doesn't really she doesn't know um, like this morning she jumped into bed with me and she like launched herself across my tummy and then she stuck her hand on my boob and they're really tender at the moment um and uh I you know obviously you feel a bit like shouting and being like oh get off get off but you just can't um and Hendrik, he gave me a cuddle the, the other day and like slammed his arm into my tummy and I was like what are you doing come on let's have a little bit of awareness here so um yeah I'm just having a lot more a lot more anxiety and then I'm having dreams really vivid dreams about the umbilical cord being wrapped around the neck and and having a a, a bad not, not a bad birth a no birth is a bad birth but a difficult birth um yeah I'm thinking about it a lot more I, I guess it's because we know you know we've been through it once you you know certain things and Also, doing this podcast, I know a lot of things um, which sometimes I wish I didn't know. Whereas, first time around, I was quite naive to it all, which was actually really nice. Really, really nice. Um, But I've been trying to sleep, so to get a little bit more comfortable in bed, my wonderful friend lent me her BB Hug Me pillow. Um, I've actually been struggling with it a bit to try and find it comfortable, but I think, I think. I'm starting to find it more comfortable. I've kind of got it in a V shape, so there's a bit behind me, my head's on the middle bit, and then the front bit, because I'm only short, so um, I can kind of have a a section of the pillow between my legs. Um, But that wasn't really doing it for me for a while, (laughs) so I'm still struggling with that. And now Amandine, oh gosh, now Amandine... uh, Actually, I'll talk about this when... um, Others are listening if some have tuned out because this is actually something I need all of your help with. So, <laughs> if you can Instagram me your answers, that would be brilliant. So, I'll talk about that in a second. But essentially, Amandine is awake again in the night and I am up with her at least once a night, which is far from ideal. But she's talking loads in her sleep as well. And obviously, I still sleep with the baby monitor and it might be time for that to go because she's talking a lot she doesn't need me to go in but yeah she's she's dreaming quite vividly it seems at the moment and and vocalizing her dreams um okay back to the pregnancy so sex reveal (laughs) gender reveal um it's a boy (laughs) for those of you who didn't guess last week it is a boy we're having a boy uh (laughs) <laughs> Hendrix fear has come true no I'm only kidding it's not a fear he just I think in his head he had this kind of ideal view of having you know Hendrix girls kind of thing um which stems from the fact that he was a real little insert sh1t word um when he was younger and I think he's just really nervous that our, our little boy will be the same. But I keep telling him, Hendrik, it's fifty percent you and fifty percent me, and also a bit of Amandine. And Amandine is so chill, kind of less chill these days, but was so chill to begin with that um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume it's gonna be the same with the little boy. And also, you know, he's not 100% you, Hendrik. 100% you is very full on. He's 50% me, 50% you. So I think we're going to be okay. Um, I'm a lot calmer than Hendrik most of the time. So even though I had very much prepared myself for it being a boy. I think I also thought in my head it could also be a girl. I know that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Because there is a 50-50 chance here of which one it's going to be. But in Hendrix's family, his brothers, he's one of two, he's one of three brothers, sorry, they have had for children, they've had a girl followed by a boy, followed by a girl, and then the second brother has had a girl followed by a boy. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, we'll follow the Jolin trend, and we'll go with a girl, then a boy. So in my head, I was very much thinking it's a boy, also the fact that I was so ill, also feeling so much worse this time around. I thought this is so different. But then I also know that second pregnancies are very, very different from the first. You can never compare. So there I was thinking, okay, maybe it's, maybe it could really could be either. Um, and also, I don't know, the fact that I've been one of two girls, I just kind of assumed that's what it would be one of two, I would be one of two girls. But I think in the back of my head, I really did think, yeah, okay, it's a boy. And also I'm, I, was, I was looking forward to having a boy. So these emotions that came out when I opened the letter and actually saw it written down in black ink on the paper, actually wasn't paper, it was an email, but with Amandine it was paper because it was a letter, but with COVID it's been an email. But still seeing it in black ink when we opened the email um was a real shock and I don't know whether it was triggered because I knew it was not not particularly Hendrix's preferred gender or whether it was because I actually I do know this was one of the reasons because I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing with a boy no idea a lot of my friends have now said you know it's very much the same like don't stress you know it's going to be okay it's very much it's very similar um in the early days and yeah i'm sure it is <laughs> but i still don't know i just i still it feels like the unknown I feel like if i was having a girl i'd probably be a little bit more chill and a little bit more well yeah it's just going to be exactly the same i've got this covered which would probably be quite naive because again no kid is the same no child is the same you can have very different babies but, yes, I did shed some tears, and I think it was, and it was it was quite emotional, and I think it was because I just seeing it written down it wasn't it wasn't anything about not wanting a boy because I would really like a boy, and I was really excited to have a boy, so I am really happy that we're having a boy, as you guys know, I would have been extremely happy having a girl as well. So, we are one of the questions I had from you guys was, How are you preparing for baby number two? And obviously, we have girl stuff, (laughs) we don't have boy stuff. I've been going through Almondine's early day photos, and actually, many of the things that we have can absolutely be used for a baby boy. And to be honest, I really don't give a monkey's. if, if the baby boy is wearing girls' clothes, to start with. I really, really don't give a monkeys. I don't really give a monkeys ever, but I'm sure Hendrik will. Um, and also, it'll be nice for them to have their own identity. So I, um, I'm very much hoping that we can do some clothes swapping between me and my friends, and we can switch if some of them have girls. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to put a whole bunch on eBay in those little bundles, I guess, and then... Sell them and get some money to grab some secondhand baby boy clothes, Um, (laughs) which we'll need eventually. I reckon the I reckon we can do the girly stuff for probably like the first I don't know three months. But you know what it's like with a new kiddo. You always want to have new things, Um, and I'm sure some family will realize that we're not having another girl and they'll get us some boy things anyway um what else oh pelvic girdle pain that's what I can tell you about as well that's already started I didn't have it with Amandine at all um and this time around it started last week and I'm pretty sure that teaching yoga aggravates it because this week it has been so much better and I didn't teach any yoga this week um, because my clients away so I, um, yeah, it's been a lot better. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with that because obviously my classes are over Zoom all my, my private sessions are over Zoom and if I uh, don't demo, it's kind of a bit difficult um, for them. I mean, they, they do know what they're doing. They really do know what they're doing. So maybe it'll be fine, but it's something I'm going to need to check with them. And so no yoga for me either. No kind of... <laughs> A lot of the things that I enjoy doing are very much widening of the pelvis, which is what you want to avoid because that's already happening a little bit too much. Uh, But yes, that is, um, it's better this week, but I just, I'm really mindful because I don't want it to get any worse. If I'm only at 17 weeks and it's already there, I don't want to compound the problem. Um, Had my 16 week midwife appointment last week, which was lovely. I got to hear the heartbeat for the first time, which was so nice. Hendrik didn't come. I'm not sure that he would have been allowed anyway, but he was with Amaldine. Um, And yeah, it was just lovely. I voiced some of my anxieties with her. And um, yeah, she spent quite a while just letting me hear the heartbeat which was really really nice and she's so lovely and we did talk about um a little bit of you know how busy they were and home birth etc because I'm a little bit nervous about how busy um the maternity services are right now because of course a lot of uh, there has been a rise in baby making over the lockdown period So I asked how busy they were and she did say there has been a significant rise um, and she does have a lot of um, women due in May. I had such a wonderful, as you guys know if you've listened to the very first um, birth story, uh, which is way, way back, I think series two, um, I had a wonderful water birth at the maternity unit, um, the midwife led maternity unit. A birth center whatever it's called I can't even remember now at Exeter and I loved it and I would really like to repeat it but I am conscious that there are only three pools at Exeter and if there's a significant rise and there's a significant rise in people wanting more to births uh, I I'm nervous that I that might be taken out of my hands and that opportunity might not be there for me So we have been talking about home birth, um, but she did say, I can decide right up until the very, very last minute whether I want a home birth or not. And also, Hendrik and I have been very much discussing about what we're going to do with Amaldine. You know, ideally, if we had a home birth and Amaldine was asleep, she could hopefully sleep through it. I was thinking we have the garage conversion. um, And if we just shimmied out the bed into the other half of the garage, which is actually a garage... We could put a birthing pool in there and then, um, Amaldine can be in the house. We don't, you know, live in a massive house. So if I was vocal, like I was in my labor with Amandine, I would definitely be worried that she would hear everything, um, even if she was asleep. So I thought, well, we could put it in the garage. Um, it's lovely and warm in there and it's got a bathroom and, you know, water and a shower. and, And then I can just come across to the main house, um, hopefully, with the new Bambino. But if things happen in the daytime, then we would need someone to look after Amaldine. And um, obviously the obvious one is for my mum to come um, and just lend a hand. So it's really tricky. But anyway, it's very much on my radar again having a home birth. I did have a lovely birth, but there's always those same concerns in my head. And also the fact that when I I laboured for four hours at home... And then when I got into hospital I was only two centimetres dilated. But I think that's because I I needed to go into hospital, because I needed to feel like I was cared for and I was in a safe space and home at the time didn't really feel particularly safe. And then within four hours of being in the hospital I gave birth. So even though I was two centimetres when I arrived, things progressed so quickly, I think, because I relaxed and I knew where I was where I I knew I was where I needed to be. And I'm not sure if I'm gonna have the same feeling at home. I really don't know. I really don't know because obviously now you have the anxiety of another child and making sure they're okay, and I feel like if I'm at home and she's at home and we're just at home, um I'll feel better about it all. I don't know, it's gonna have to be something that I think about, and of course I'm gonna talk about it more on um next next series as it gets closer and closer. Okay, so I am going to now head to your questions because we have loads of questions and loads of topics to talk about. Um, So if you are rejoining the podcast from avoiding the pregnancy chat, welcome back and thank you for coming back and listening. So I just touched on very briefly when we were talking that I'd been awake quite a bit with Amandine in the night. Um, and I really, really appreciate your opinions on this. So if you have any thoughts, this is genuinely me asking a question. Um, if you have any thoughts on it, I would so appreciate it if you would direct message me on Instagram at Mum Talk Podcast because I need your help. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you guys know, Amandine's potty training. She I would now say she is fully potty trained. She now um, takes herself off to the potty by herself. We don't even need to ask her. Last night, Hendrick and I turned around, and she was sitting on the potty, and she was doing a poo. So it was incredible. It was brilliant. So we've 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 got it. But she's now by herself decided that she would like to be clean at night, which is wonderful too. Many a time we would wake up, and she would have a dry nappy. So she still sleeps with nappies. Every single lunchtime nap, she goes in a nappy, but she never pees. So we really could put her down without a nappy, but I just haven't got any bed protectors yet. Um, well, I have one, but I don't have kind of more than one. So <laughs> if she pees on that one, I am screwed because we don't have a tumble dry. Um, so I need to get some more of those. But in the night, she's now, she goes for a wee we we don't give her much liquid so I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know how to stop it or or not stop it but try and get her through the night. So she's now started waking up at either two o'clock or four o'clock in the night. She goes for a wee before she goes to bed and then we put her in bed um, and then she, yeah, go, wakes up at either two or four o'clock. Now it, Sounds like she's waking up with a bad dream, but I actually think she's waking up, she needs a pee, because then she'll cry out a little bit, and then she'll say, Mama, need a pee-pee. So then I'll go in, I'll get her up, um, I'll put her on the potty, she'll do a wee, she'll go back to bed, she'll then sleep for ages. She doesn't then have another nightmare. So I actually think it's her bladder feeling full and her kind of panicking that she needs a wee. She maybe doesn't realise she's wearing a nappy and that she can pee and she wants to go for a pee on the potty. Obviously, this is wonderful, because this is just another stage of potty training, which is just fantastic, waking me up and wanting to go to the loo. But I don't really want to be woken up. (laughs) So how do you go through this transition period of getting your little one to then get through the night without needing to pee? or learning that it's okay to maybe hold it, or I don't know, or maybe that it doesn't wake her up. She's not doing massive pees in the middle of the night. She's just, you know, doing little little wee-wees. Um, I don't know what to do. So I would really, really appreciate it if you were to come back to me with your thoughts on this. Um, obviously, I don't want to start saying to her, it's okay, go in your nappy, because then she might think it's okay to go in her pants again, which obviously it's not. So I, I don't want to backtrack her but I also would like to move forward from this stage because I don't fancy waking up every single night. I mean, to be honest, I need to pee anyway myself, but we don't necessarily have to pee at the same time or require the need to pee pee at exactly the same time. So yes, please send me your thoughts, your experiences and how you think I should progress with this. I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, let's get to your questions. I had a question... Um, which I can very quickly answer. Um, 18-month-old, and I'd like them to learn French. Is it better through very small amounts of television or books? I don't speak French. So this is a really interesting topic, and I would highly recommend you go and listen to Series 5, Episode 8, which is with expert bilingual acquisitionist Dr. Shelletter... I'm not very good at saying her surname. Um, it was a brilliant conversation that I had very early on with, um, with this doctor. And she is obviously an, an expert in languages and in bilingual acquisition. So she had some interesting thoughts that, you know, if you don't speak it, it is actually really quite difficult um, to get them to learn. I would say Amandine, from our experience, you know, Hendrik only speaks French to Amandine. Um, and I speak a little bit. Whatever I'm picking up, I speak a little bit just to solidify it. Because we, you know, obviously live in England. There's a lot more people speaking English than there are French. Her friends are English. She speaks to Hendrik and she speaks to Gromy in French, and that's it. Um, so I try and do a little bit, little bits that I know are well pronounced. Um, and that's the difficulty, which she was saying that you know, if if you're if you're listening to things that are are not from the mother, if from mother tongue French it can actually be quite difficult and a bit of a step back so it's an interesting one so I highly recommend going to listen to that but yes from our experience she does she does learn a little bit from television but I would say it's more solidifying what Hendrix saying um, and experiences Hendrix talking about if she then sees them maybe on a cartoon on tv or something then um, then that's helpful I wouldn't necessarily say she's learning any language from the television. I would just say any new language from the television. Books are great. Little French books are great for learning colors or names of things like wellie, you know, Wellington boots or um, fire engines. Or uh, books are definitely really good. Um, I would also say things like just having the radio on in the background. If you haven't got a mother tongue French speaker. Um, in your family having the radio on in the background just in French would be a good idea depends how much you want them to learn and how quickly you want them to learn I guess but it is constant repetition that they require at this age of the same thing um, so don't be too worried about varying it's kind of the same thing over and over again and that's what Amandine picks up when Hendrik uses the same phrase over and over and over and over and over, and over again and um, then she'll Uh, then she picks it up and she repeats it. All right, more questions. When to have baby number two? And I'm going to share your responses because you guys have heard all my chats about when to have baby number two. Um, When you feel ready, both mentally and physically, I'm still trying to figure this out. God knows the older mine gets, the less and less I want another one. Sometimes you don't have a choice, very true. I'm not sure you ever know. I'm not sure you ever know either you just know there will be a there will never be a perfect time and it may take time to conceive and yes I couldn't agree with that more you know Hendrick and I were ready well over a year ago and it took us a year to conceive uh, which we weren't prepared for at all so um You know, I, especially for a second child, it's really, really difficult. It's really difficult. Um, You don't. You'll just know, ignore dates, age gaps, and go with your instinct. Yes, I would say that too. The time is never right. I don't think you do. It's the same as baby number one. When is the time right? Uh, We struggled with conceiving number one. um, So I just wanted to try ASAP and got pregnant straight away. We will have a one year and nine month age gap I don't think there's a perfect gap, really. No clue, I'd like to know as well. When you feel ready at a time that's suitable for your family, when you start getting jealous of pregnant women, Uh, waiting for number one, seven-month-old to sleep better before I think about number two, sleep is too important. You don't, but take it into consideration the length of trying to conceive in pregnancy for me I wasn't ready to try until baby one was 18 months recently pregnant my toddler is now two I don't think you will you'll know whether or not you want one and if you have headspace to raise two right now I don't feel like I have the headspace to raise two but I'm sure it'll come <laughs> for me when I finally started to feel a little like myself again no answer but I'd love to know this to a magic ball anyone <laughs> I don't think you ever know you just have to go for it yeah I couldn't agree more with all those answers it's brilliant Advice on how to stop driving your two year old to sleep. I have a one year old also, that's really tricky. So, a Pram, um, I've also done this. White noise in a crib, rock with hand until asleep, then wean to hand on chest, then next to crib. And someone's also sent the Lucy Wolf sleep solution book. Also, Go and have a listen to the podcast I did um, with Hattie from Not Another Peep. So she had some great advice on sleep and newborns and um, also toddlers. Okay. Does anyone worry about having a second child? Will push marriage over the edge or is it just me okay it's definitely not just you especially with the amount of responses we have had and I can honestly say from personal experience it's not just you either um trying to conceive with for this second little bundle massively put a strain on our marriage Um, I want to talk about it more with Hendrik because then I feel it's a bit more fair um, on the podcast but if he'll ever come on But yeah, it did. It put a strain on our marriage. And I would say we are kind of just just coming out the other side. Um, But it has been a really tricky period this last year, combined with lockdown, combined with him not working, combined with financial worries. It's been really, really tough. Um, So, no, you are not alone. And this is what other mums have had to say. It's definitely more stressful with number two. Try to act as a team and support each other. Choose an approach for bedtime. Sit next to their cot until they're asleep. I think that might have been the last, something for the last question. Um, Not alone, I feel exactly the same. I worry it'll also push me over the edge, but desperate for it anyway. My husband said this to me the other day. Definitely not alone. Would love to know I'm not alone in those thoughts. We have a 16-month-old I definitely worry about this at times. We are not ready yet, but hopefully next year. Relationship, relationship tips in general would be appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. My husband had postnatal depression, so really concerned when we have another. There's very little support for men. 100%. And then worry, not giving baby a sibling will ruin his life. Yes, me too. Just found out I may be pregnant and scared for the marriage definitely not alone no us time with one child let alone two couldn't agree more when hendrick and i first got pregnant with Amaldine, we were like we're definitely gonna have a date night we'll find a babysitter we'll get my mum we're gonna make sure we take days for us or nights for us have we done it once no and Amaldine's two so no <laughs> that was a big naive dream moment i know some couples make it really work but we're just not able to do that it seems Yes, that plus is our house big enough? Can we afford it without being stretched? Yeah, we've definitely felt that this year. Yep, and that's why I refuse to have another. My husband won't pull his weight. Yes, and I appreciated Charlotte Sterling Reed's advice. Um, don't split everything, do some things as a four. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. Charlotte Sterling Reed is a brilliant nutritionist um, called SR Nutrition on um, online how are you going to prep for baby number two and how has lockdown affected your little ones? So these answers are more around how has lockdown affected your little ones. I talked um, about preparing for baby number two in the pregnancy chat if you wanted to go back and listen. Yes, although I didn't really talk about it that much. I'll talk about it next next um, series because I will have then had my 20 week scan and that's when I feel like I am more mentally prepared to actually prepare for baby number 2. Yes, definitely missed out on interaction with others. We've embraced a slower pace of life and spend a lot more time in nature, so do we it's lovely. Clingy and once more mummy more. Um I think than we'd if we'd not been together 24/7. No, we're nervous, but it's such a blessing once you've been on the other side of desperation. Solid routine and daddy around every day means more sleep and bonding with dad. There's a house inside my mummy book. I am definitely missing mummy classes during this pregnancy. Um, Positive, my now two-year-old benefited from eating at home every day with me. Next question, slowly stopping breastfeeding by removing one feed a week and dealing with the sadness. Oh, yes, I feel you. Currently breastfeeding my newborn and I'm already sad that one day it will come to an end. Why do you need to stop? If you aren't ready, just don't. Yeah, it's all everyone's personal decision, isn't it? When they need, but I still think that if you're not necessarily ready, but you need to do it anyway, maybe, or even if you, you know, even if it's your little one that's leading the way, there's still that huge level of sadness. Um, I know with Amandine, she was just done and it was time to kind of, move um move on from breastfeeding and she was ready and I felt I was gutted I I really was at 13 months my daughter refused so I was sad but also excited for our next journey my son decided he didn't want boob two months ago and I'm still sad now we have lots of cuddles so difficult and sad what a lovely bond to have had I never expected it to be like that no neither did I um just take it slowly yeah couldn't agree more Group B strep experiences, please. I didn't have it in my first pregnancy, but it's now shown up in my second. Such a good question. Okay, lots of responses here. I had it too. I'm a doula now, and I wish someone told me to read. Group B strep explained. Headed to hospital to get antibiotics when water's broke and no issues at all. Um, It's a transient organism and can be negative in one swab or urine but positive in the next that's interesting so maybe talk about maybe talk to your midwife about that make sure you get iv antibiotics in labor and baby is monitored closely no signs baby got late onset at 10 days old leading led to me- sepsis and meningitis oh my goodness i'm so sorry oh that must have been really tough I was positive with my first child. As long as you get antibiotics and OBS done after birth, it's all good. Common vaginal commensal? I think that's how I say that. IV antibiotic prophylaxis in labour reduces risk. Um, I had antibiotics via drip as soon as labour started. As long as you have at least one dose, it reduces the risk. I had this in my pregnancy. It was fine. Just obviously meant antibiotics, but it was all fine. Had IV antibiotics in the birth pool. Absolutely manageable and didn't affect my birth choice. So some great, great answers there, but definitely do try and um, speak to your midwife about all your options long before. I think it would be uh, really helpful. There are a few questions that haven't been answered, so I'm sorry if that's... um, Not that's your question. (laughs) That one of them is: Can Hendrik come on the podcast, please? And his answer is still no. But it's I'm I really, really, really want him to come on, especially for like series one of episode. uh, Sorry, series nine, episode one. I think it would be so cool to get him on. So I'm going to work on it over Christmas, and maybe because he's not working, he'll be open to the idea. We'll see. I really want him to come on. There's so much we can talk about. So many answers that we can give you to your questions um another question is also about abortion so I didn't really know what about abortions she wanted to talk about um there's there hasn't been any uh answers or anyone gone through the same thing that wants to share on Instagram which I completely understand but I do want to give this topic the time it deserves um, and to be able to offer you if it's your question the support that's needed so I'm hoping that this will be a topic that we can cover um, in series nine if not a future series um, because it's very important and it's it's not talked about um, and it is all part of uh, being a mum so I will um, endeavour to get someone on to talk about that, whether it be someone um, sharing their experience or whether it be um, a specialist or a doctor. One thing I did see, I'm sure it was the Honestly podcast or the Honestly blog by Clemmie Telford. I'm sure it was her. Um, She, maybe it was her her blog post that she puts up and there was... um, a woman sharing her experience of uh, multiple abortions I believe. Uh, I haven't actually read it but go on to Clemmie Telford's page um, and have a look for that. I'm sure it's on her page um, and that may be able to offer you a bit of support and also someone else sharing their experience with you. Okay trying to get my son back into swimming is slow and my Baby girl only has eyes for her mummy. I think this is relation to lockdown. So we had exactly the same with Amaldine. Her first swimming back after the first lockdown was a complete nightmare. She kept getting out of the pool and running to the changing room. And then she slipped and she banged her head and it was a disaster. But this time around after second lockdown, it was so much better. And she actually enjoyed it. I think it's because I talked about it, that we were going to swimming. This is what we were going to do. We were going to have some fun. We were going to get in the pool, all that kind of stuff. And I am 100%, as I said in my Instagram response, third-wheeling on her and Hendrix's relationship. Last night, I was putting her to bed, I read her a book, and then she asked for Papa to come and put her in her cot and kiss her goodnight. She had no interest in me being there. So I was a little bit heartbroken, I'm not going to lie. It's really cute, but I kind of... I want my cuddles. <laughs> Um, You guys have also said, we had this when I was pregnant and early days with my second It's reverted back. Yeah, it could be that she knows something's going on, I reckon, as well. Um, I'm definitely third wheel to my husband and son since my pregnancy with his little sister. Mm, Interesting. I think I need to prepare myself for this. Yes, he only wants me. It's lovely, but exhausting. That's true also. That is true also. Okay, next question... Um tips for coping with high premises. Okay, so my lovely friend who really suffered with high premises in both pregnancies sent me a message which I'm gonna read to you because it's so much support. But you guys have also said, um, don't listen to anyone telling you to just eat something, it isn't that simple, you aren't being selfish. Don't worry too much about nutrition, just try and get calories if you can. Bland foods, toast, switch up the type of bread for some variety frozen Lucasaid, anti-sickness meds ask gp to switch meds if if needs be ask for help and rest um i'm trying to read these in order sometimes a bit tricky seek help from pregnancy sickness support charity i'm pretty sure that's what my friend oh that is my friend (laughs) they offer peer support which was incredibly helpful chat to the midwife gp and the right medication again the charity can help you if need be uh I'll read the rest mess- of her message in a minute. Susie Varel, Yes, I saw this too. Has done some content on this. Um, she's pregnant with her third or is it fourth? Third, perhaps. Um and she suffers with high Um you can find her on Instagram. Ask for medication if it's impacting your life. Uh travel acupressure bands. You can you can make up for beige diet later on. I've had it twice, ask for help, go on drip if needed, don't worry about nutrients, just get in what you can, take the meds, they help a lot, I refused medication for weeks until there was no other choice, and took it away, took it anyway, um, yes, Susie, Susie Verrill's, uh, video diary, she has done recently, so let me read you Charlotte's message as well, um, okay, my advice would be to reach out to the pregnancy sickness support charity provide you with information of gps consultants health professionals who've been recommended by other women in your area for being support and during my second pregnancy i reached out and asked them to put me in touch with peer supporter this was a woman in my area who'd been in a similar position to myself second hg pregnancy with a toddler to care for They do their best to match you according to your situation and your area. She would regularly check in on WhatsApp. I found it incredibly helpful hearing from someone who could really empathise. The PSS charity can also provide you with research and info on the medication available. This can help you to feel informed about taking medicines that you need and your options. The documentary Sick, which is available through Prime and the PSS website, is an incredibly powerful and honest account and could be useful to share with friends, family, colleagues who don't quite get it, but should come with a big trigger warning, especially for women who are currently battling HG. It's a tough watch, and surviving HG, in my experience, is very dependent on literally surviving hour by hour, so watch other people's HG pregnancy stories in that moment may not be helpful. Otherwise, reach out and ask for help, listen and read positive survivor stories, rest, talk to people if you're feeling low. It's a desperately lonely place at the best of times, let alone during a health pandemic. Don't feel guilty for hating your HG pregnancy, it's brutal. And try not to punch anyone who suggests you try a ginger biscuit. (laughs) <laughs> oh you're so funny oh bless her she had really really tough as you can hear from her message um so i hope that's helpful to you guys um if you are suffering from hg Next question. Gender disappointment, how to work through the feelings. Oh, bless you. Yeah, try to focus on how lucky you are to have a beautiful baby and that they would be their own person. I found out early 15 weeks as I knew I'd be disappointed if a boy, which it is, just got used to it over time. Look at the people desperate to conceive or the babies born with health issues. Find out the sex ASAP to deal with emotions and create a bond with bump. Yeah, I really agree with that because with amondine i i honestly my gut feeling was it was a boy and i was really desperate for a boy for our first um and then i found out it was a girl and it did take me a little while to come around which um yeah which was difficult it was difficult to have those feelings in the first place and also difficult to because of course you're happy you're pregnant but you know you can't not feel what you're feeling your your everybody's feelings are valid everybody's feelings are valid um don't let anyone ever tell you that they're not. So it, it can be really, really tough. Um, and, but I think finding out the sex early and then bonding with your bump, knowing what it is, being able to shop for your bump, for your little one, being able to create a little nursery for them, knowing the sex, I think really, really helps. Uh, I would love to hear from an expert on this too. Yes, I think that would be a good idea. Positive affirmations to change the mindset allow yourself to process the feelings it's natural doesn't mean you don't love them yeah completely agree everything happens for a reason i hope that's helpful um okay would love to hear others' experiences of child care if any for first child when going through second birth for hospital births and home births yeah this is um i'm really interested in this topic as i mentioned before because we are um thinking about the same So if mum can't fly by May, I'm having this baby alone. Oh, bless you. Uh, I am so stressing about this right now as none of my family can fly to Canada until they open the borders. As soon as I had proper contractions, my mum came around. We had my mum stay with us for a few weeks around my due date. Comfortable at staying overnight and a friend or grandparent is confident. Um, Oh, sorry, no. This is the first bit of the message. It will probably be an overnight stay, so make sure child is used to the environment and is already comfortable at staying overnight with a friend or a grandparent, and they're confident. Our old nanny on standby for when I go into labour. We did a cheeky sleepover. He'll be okay. Also consider childcare for after the birth in case you stay in hospital longer than anticipated. Nightmare, currently trying to deal with this in uh, so hard I'm due soon, never been away before. I need to know this too, family too far away to call at short notice. My mother-in-law is going to watch her. My little one is very excited about a sleepover at grandma's. Going to miss not having my little girl visit me in hospital when I've had the baby. I was worried my son would miss me. He didn't care though. <laughs> I cried for him in labour. I just had my second. We had mother-in-law come to ours, worked really well second baby was born in April so it's the only play day our three year old has had in yonks, he loved it uh, oh that's that's your third of third message let me find your first, our son's best friend, friend's parents who live round the corner, it upset my family who rarely see us but it has to be someone readily available who you trust and who your child is comfortable with Um, hoping little one will sleep through and it happens in the evening so we can leave her, I think you then text me um, leave her, oh no, maybe you message me, but essentially leave her in her cot, um, sleeping, and then if, uh, it happens in the daytime, um, she will ask help from her mum. So yeah, Hendrik and I are very much, <laughs> very much discussing this at the minute. Um, he really wants it to be a family unit thing, just us, uh, but I am, you know, also very aware that, um, I might need him <laughs> and if it's in the day even if it is a home birth I don't really want him bounding back and forwards with Amondine. and I, I need to be focused and he also needs to be focused and he's really touchy about other people looking after Amaldine. So even though my mum is like an hour and a half away, he's, um, it's quite a tricky one, actually. So thank you for all of your advice on that one. Um, it's really helpful for me. And I'm sure the other mum that asked, should I be sending my one-year-old to nursery to socialize and develop, even if I don't have to? This is a great question. And also one that's been on mine and Hendrick's mind a lot. We took the view of no, especially not during COVID. Um, and also she has quite a few little friends and she goes to toddler group at Forest School. So that's the tack that we took. But this will be really interesting to hear what you guys have done. We share a nanny and my child is minded at theirs massive development socially and mentally. Had a review of the health to last week and she advised keeping home if we can. In the current climate, I wouldn't worry too much. If you have to keep them safe at home, I would. Totally your choice. Some do, some don't. Do what's right for you. If it's within your means, definitely. Uh, depends what you do baby classes etc and if you have other babies they can be around and how confident you are I don't have a clue what I'm doing so nursery felt useful to me feel my son has really blossomed since going to nursery confidence galore depends if your one year old has siblings cousins or friends they can socialise with instead if you can afford to yes definitely nursery helped my little one with development no end no mama knows best send them when they're both ready she has learnt and she has learnt oh second message sorry I did this as I felt it was important for both my daughter and me it's lovely seeing what she's learned and been up to love seeing how excited she is to see me my one-year-old develops so much once starting nursery I'd recommend it we sent him two mornings a week he loves it Uh, only if no regular interaction with other kids of any age I want the break for myself personally yeah I heard a child psychologist say one-on-one care is best for a child till two and a half to three years toddlers don't need to socialize until three this is why the UK government won't pay till chart for childcare till then I think interacting with other kids and learning social skills is important and nursery will help um, I do it's the best thing I've ever done we did especially third time round with Covid very little interaction at the moment amazing time to yourself someone's just said no <laughs> uh, only if there's really a problem don't put too much pressure as they only become aware of socialisation at three years and that was a lovely client from Montessori with me who came on the podcast um, so go back and listen to that if you're interested in Montessori Absolutely, it's important they have time to build a relationship with childs and adults. Um, not at all, I'm a nursery manager, but always say that children can thrive just as much from being at home with parents. I would agree with that as well. We had to send ours and didn't have an option, but she's grown so much in nursery. It depends on child, I think some really thrive. I think baby classes can do this if it's an option. Yes, especially as no baby groups and less socialising at the moment. So really interesting, huge variety of answers in that which I found really interesting reading um interesting about the three-year-old thing I didn't know that I didn't know that at all um but yeah everyone has their own different situation you know returning to work as well um I think you just have to do what's right for you but yes I I don't think there should be any guilt attached to it whatsoever Um, And there's plenty you can do at home if you're at home with them all the time as well um, and getting out and about. And don't underestimate nature and what they can learn in nature either. Um, But yeah, socialising and interacting with adults or other children is important. But interesting to know that not so much until they're three years old. Infertility when you've already had a child. First child is two, but having fertility treatment for second. So secondary infertility is really common and it's not talked about. So... Um, I'm really pleased that we could get a little bit of feedback on this question for you because um, I hope to talk about it more in series nine. So difficult to avoid the constant questions. When will you have another? Yeah. Um, however, oh, uh, hang on. I have a friend. Oh, no, that was previous nursery, I think. So hard as it such a roller coaster of emotions, keeping it together when fails. Yes, everyone thinks it's not that bad as you've got one, but it's heartbreaking. I'm sending you love. I couldn't agree more. We will talk about it more in series nine. I really hope to get an expert on um, to help. And that... Concludes your questions. So we talked about a lot there. So I really hope if some of those were your questions, um, you have felt um, really supported by the, the mums out there sharing their experiences. I have. So thank you, thank you from me personally. Um, you have helped a lot in answering some of those questions, which were on my my mind as well. So thank you. And if you have any um, support you could offer me on the Amaldine peeing in the middle of the night thing that would be really great (laughs) i would really really appreciate it or your experiences or things that i can do to help um that would be lovely i will love you and leave you because we have hit an hour which we seems which we seem to be doing constantly with um all of this wonderful advice that i'm sharing so thank you if you're not yet subscribed already please do go and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast Thank you so much for listening to series eight. Um, I'm super excited for series nine. It's going to be brilliant. We've got already some great topic suggestions from you guys to talk about. Um, So I'm super excited. Please keep in touch. Come and follow me over at Mum Talk Podcast. I'm going to try and be a little bit more active over there over the Christmas period or just stay in touch, maybe do some Q&As, that kind of thing. Um, And the podcast will be back in January. Um, I will keep you updated on that though um, and let you know. So all updates will be on Mum Talk podcast Instagram. Lots and lots of love. If you have a moment to leave a review, that would just be wonderful. And I will see you guys in the new year. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas and new year. Um, I know it's very different this year, but let's celebrate as much as we can and feel the joy love you all, thank you again for listening to this episode, and yeah, please do um, pop me a note on Instagram, let me know if you've enjoyed it, it makes my day. Okay, bye!